When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rumble week, everybody. Welcome to Rumor and Innuendo. It's me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman. And me, WWE Creative Issues, Robert Corpolis. And we got a lot to get to here today, everybody. We're going to be talking about Triple H and Shawn Michaels' interest in Okada. More on Kevin Dunn's former WWE role. We got some Royal Rumble entrant teases. WWE 2K24 put out all the details on the upcoming game just this morning. Tony Khan is bringing back the AEW rankings. Cannot wait to get to that later. Daniel Garcia revealing when his contract is up. The latest on Billy, the CW, and the NWA. I have actual news, and maybe we will actually have time for it. We'll find out. Maybe. We only got a half this, hour here. Put this comment right up here. Cami Starr says, I'm hiding in a back office to do makeup, busy work to watch live today and hear about Billy and the CW. What a day to be here. Uh, hopefully you don't get caught. I don't know what you're hiding from, but this is worth losing your job over listening to this episode today, guys. Yes, it is. The chat room is obviously open. Wherever you're watching us live on X or YouTube, uh, go over, jump into the conversation. We'll try to bring your shirt, uh, comments up here on the show here today. Um, but let's dive into it. Kicking off the show here, we're going to talk about Seth Rollins. Uh, we got some unfortunate news here just before the weekend about Seth Rollins. He sustained a torn MCL and a partially torn meniscus. This, according to Fightful, it's not yet known uh, as of yet if he's going to require surgery, though the hope is that he can avoid it. Uh, to that end, our friend Russell votes over on X. He reports that tonight on Raw, Rollins is going to address his health and future as WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Um, very grim, right? The, that doesn't feel good. Uh, what's your take on the on the situation here? First and foremost, we hope that whatever Seth is dealing with, he heals up quickly. Yes. Uh, he's doing what he needs to do in order to come back better and stronger. We don't want him rushing back and something being worse, kind of echoing what we talked about with Kenny Omega on Friday. There's a couple things to unpack here. First and foremost, I feel like Conrad, there's a couple things to unpack here. Hausman, um, kidding. We love you. If you want to get put in a house, you can go to save with. Nope, nope. Sorry, uh, unimportant. I'm focused here, dude. I, I'm getting to where I'm getting with here. So here's the thing: if Seth is hurt right now and he's going to be potentially ready to go in four to six weeks, the timetable still works. That whoever wins the Rumble challenges Seth, and we get to that match at WrestleMania. The challenge is. He is the workhorse champion. He's the, I have to defend this once every 30 days. We just saw him defend it against Jinder. What this could wind up doing is setting up a phantom match coming up in three, four weeks time where he says, I will, I will fight then. We'll see what winds up happening. They have a couple of levers they can pull right now where while this is not the best situation, they have options. You have Damian Priest who has the money in the bank briefcase. Seth goes out there to say, this is what's happened to me. Priest lays him out, one, two, three, boom, you have a new champion. You still have Damian Priest scheduled to face Drew McIntyre on Raw tonight. 
So you could potentially do two separate title changes in one show and get to Drew versus Cody, Drew versus Punk as early as Rumble if you really wanted to get to it or save it for Chamber, have the title taken from Seth, and then the winner of the Chamber becomes new world heavyweight champion with the caveat that Seth gets the first shot at that champion at, at WrestleMania. A lot of different options, none of them terrible with the idea that Seth should hopefully be back in some capacity to compete at WrestleMania and within storylines, there's a way to get there. Now, the only thing that would be a hold up here would be if Seth gets the news that obviously this isn't going to take more than three months to heal. Right. Cause I'm look, I, I'm not a doctor, but I did my little web MD about, you know, what is the uh, comeback time from a torn MCL and a partially torn meniscus, even on the heavy side, if you do require surgery, it's about three months. Right. So if it's possible for him to come back, I could see him coming out saying I'm injured, but I'm going to hold on to this title. I'm going to be there at mania for sure. That's absolutely a possibility. Um, if it doesn't come to that, I love the scenario you laid out. I've seen other people say that why not put the title up for grabs in the Royal Rumble? That's a precedent that's been set in the past when the title's up for grabs. Uh, how do you feel about the Rumble itself possibly being used as a vehicle to crown a new champion? So the other advantage that they have on Raw tonight is we have a Cody Punk face-off. So if the title mm -hmm. were to be held up and said the winner of the Rumble is going to become the new champion you have plenty of opportunities to set the table to tell that story with Cody and with Punk that there's this added incentive of I'm going to win the title and it's going to get me into the main event of WrestleMania. A lot of fun opportunities there. I I don't see Cody necessarily winning the title by winning the Rumble. I think that kind of cheapens him finishing his story, but I can see it as a way to put the title on, on Punk Punk, yeah, right? Because then Punk gets and, to do everything, right? He wins the Rumble, he wins the title, he gets the main event WrestleMania, bing, 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 you know? A lot of, lot of interesting options, a lot of intrigue going into the start of this episode of Raw. And it's also, guys, the first Raw, they're not up against football. So the, the eyeballs, the audience is going to be there. It's Rumble week. This is kind of the best week of the year to be a wrestling fan. I know people love the build up to the road to, road to WrestleMania, the road to Royal Rumble, where all the options are laid out in front of you, this is that really fun, exciting time where even the most casual fans are plugged into what's going on. Well, we got Alt Jake over here saying, no way Seth doesn't main event night one of Mania. He'll go in on one leg if he has to, LOL. And that's what, I, and look, I know you're being, you know, a little over the top there, Alt Jake, but that's why I was saying, I still think it's a very real possibility. Seth Rollins comes out and says, these doctors gave me a timeline that I think I can fulfill. So I am injured. I am going to hold on to this title unless they strip me of it. And I'm going to be at WrestleMania. I think that's absolutely still something that's on the table here. It is. But the problem is it's antithetical to how he's positioned himself as champion that I'm the workhorse who will always defend this. Yeah. And if he can't defend it within 30 days, we'll see. You know, you could get a match out of him and potentially in 30 days with smoke and mirrors, but this is this is for them to worry about down the road. We'll see what they say at the start of Raw. I know I'll be tuned in live. And I just want to take a real, uh, quick second and say that Rollins really made something of this title. There was much to say when they decided to just create this title out of nowhere and crown a new champion just because Roman wasn't around all the time or anything and how this perception would be that it would be a lesser title. Seth Rollins has uh, inarguably um, made this thing important, right? This title is important because of Seth and how he's carried it. It's just, it would be a huge bummer 
if he does not get to take this thing to WrestleMania, considering what he's done over the last year to elevate and basically create a championship that is viable that the fans see as something important, especially in the in the shadow of Roman. I agree, but I also think that there's a number of options and ways in this. The feeling of it being a bummer really opens the door for Damian Priest to plant his flag as being the top heel on Raw. He's taking this away from Seth. He's cashing in his money in the bank. He's depriving Rollins of something that we feel he deserves. Fans will want to boo the hell out of Priest, and boom, you've now cemented a new top-tier heel. All right, well, uh, another name we may see here in the mix uh, by WrestleMania. We'll see. Uh, Sports Illustrated with an update here about Kazuchika Okada saying Paul Triple H Levesque and Shawn Michaels have a significant interest in... He was coughing. He couldn't say anything when I called him Paul Triple H Levesque. had his microphone muted. He was coughing over there. Choking on your disdain. It's fine. Triple H and Shawn Michaels have significant interest in Okada. Um, apparently, performing at WrestleMania has been a long-term goal of Okada's, and that's something that Triple H could take advantage of here. So, uh, of course, there are some opponents that would make ideal WrestleMania opponents for Okada that could use a big dancing partner, names like Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Um, if they also, if they got Okada, they could also then potentially open the door to a, a real relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? You know, it's not like they're trying to replace all uh, AEW as the only, you know, forbidden door that New Japan has, but they can send Okada maybe over once or twice a year, show those fans that there's like a kind of respect for Okada and the New Japan scene and, and, and maybe do something with that. Um, and the only holdup here really is where Okada wants to live. If he wants to stay in Japan, AEW is going to let him stay in Japan come over to the States, they're fine with that. WWE, if Okada wants to sign with them, sounds like they would make him relocate down to Florida. So a lot going into this decision right now. This is all the latest on it. We do expect a decision soon, according to Sports Illustrated. Does this move you uh, in, in any direction uh, beyond the conversation we had this past Friday? I'm sure Triple H and uh, Sean Michael Hickenbottom Michaels are going to want to say that they're excited about wanting Okada. And why would they, why wouldn't they want Okada? Right. The challenge comes down to AEW is willing to significantly overpay to secure Okada. Whereas WWE, this is a nice to have for them. They would love to have Okada. It's not the make or break for WWE to have Okada as part of the company. There's a lot of benefits to it. It opens up the Japanese market even stronger for them. It could solidify a relationship with New Japan depending on how New Japan views Okada leaving. If they let Okada go once or twice a year to go compete, is that creating a slippery slope for other guys that are going to want to go over to New Japan and wrestle? It's one of the reasons that Brian Danielson is in AEW, not WWE. Right. I don't know. I And I also think the, the idea of he would have to live in Florida or you know be in Japan or whatever it is, I think they would want him in Florida at first, get him up to speed in what WWE does. But if they shift him to a, a part-time performer, there's a lot of precedent for that and a lot of opportunities to make Okada feel like a special attraction as opposed to a day-in and day-out wrestler, if that's what they're after. Yeah, and you know, like I said uh, last Friday, I got a lot of flack about the LA Knight comparison, right? But it's, you know, what does Okada want out of this? You know, if they think that, hey... Maybe we don't have to pay as much as AEW is going to pay, but we're going to offer him things like the WrestleMania match that he's always dreamed of. You know, we could do better than on, on the merchandising side. Maybe the downside's not as strong as AEW, but 
on the merchandising. We can really push you in some directions and make up for it over there. So maybe they think they can get a good deal out of this. And I think the Brian Danielson point is a great point. You know, if they can get this relationship going with New Japan and show that, hey, you know, if a dream of yours has ever been to work Wrestle Kingdom, we're not going to deny you that dream. We actually, we can maybe even help you make that dream come true, that wrestle dream come true. I think there's a lot of, there's, I see a lot of reasons Triple H would want to get Okada, but from people I've talked to in the company, at least before the weekend, it was pretty tepid. It was pretty tepid in response to the Okada situation. I think they want him, but they understand that there is an education process that has to happen with the WWE audience that does not have to happen with the AEW audience. So it's a matter of time and energy to do that versus them saying, well, we've got Brock Lesnar. We know theoretically is coming back. We've got John Cena that we can always pull back into the fold. You've got Punk. You've got Rock. You've got Cody. You've got Roman. You've got Seth. Knock on wood, theoretically. There's a lot of big names that are are pulling eyeballs in versus AEW who could really use that boost with Kenny's timetable now being even more of a question going forward. Yeah. Um, well, one name that is no longer in the WWE fold that we got an update on uh, from Fightful is Kevin Dunn. Uh, now, apparently, Kevin Dunn, and a lot of, I mean, like, I'm reading this and I feel like it's a conversation we've largely had on the show. He had his hands in everything. Uh, a couple notes were he apparently got along well with Triple H and Bruce, took the normal number of holidays. Because of that, he wasn't backstage at Survivor Series Thanksgiving week. I know, weird, took a normal number, not a workaholic like Michael Cole that works every week of the year. Um, there was this interesting, uh, two interesting anecdotes. So Triple H, you know, he ran Gorilla for CM Punk's return because Dunn wasn't there. But this other one here uh, about how Dunn, on top of these other responsibilities, apparently safety uh, as part of production was a, a priority for him. And they talked about how an example of this was when Cody returned at WrestleMania 38, there was a long hold on the pyro going off because Dunn was trying to make sure that the camera crew on the ramp were clear from getting hit. Now, this is a very glowing review of Kevin Dunn, by the way, this whole report was. I loved this note at the end, though, uh, just as a kind of a reminder is how many moving pieces there are and how, how easy it is for people to really get seriously messed up with, with everything going on in these shows. What a hero Kevin Dunn is for not <laughs> killing his production folks with fireworks. What a saint of a man they should put statues up in his honor and i'm sure any of my uh, former fellow colleagues on production feel the same way nothing but reverence love and respect for the man kevin dunn um yeah he took the norm he used to not take vacation days and then he started to take vacation days cool i guess this is you know major late breaking news i, I don't understand it everything became a a machine which is a testament to him he built the template the process of how to produce live television on a grand scale which does include partially how do you integrate pyro how do you get things moving in and out safely so good on kevin dunn for not bringing in osha violations to the wwe yeah aaron manzo here saying saint dunn amen no, no. Um, he wants to say saint dunn Remember when Seth Rollins tried to go into the ring and the cage was coming down and they almost like impaled him on a big spike yep. on the cage? It was terrifying. I have nightmares about that. Royal Rumble's right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I was just, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
Blame him. I'm traumatized. I'm not blaming Kevin. I'm, maybe hey, whatever. Royal Rumble's on Saturday. We got Get two people. We got two people teasing their possible entry. Uh, somebody over on Twitter asked Michelle McCool if she had gotten the call yet. She said nobody has asked her so far. It would be. It's worth noting this would be her fourth Royal Rumble appearance, putting her a very small, if not only, pool of people. I think Natalia would probably be in that group, but very few women performed uh, in that many Royal Rumbles. She's making a big to do about it over on Twitter. I think she's going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, it's her trying to drum up interest. Look, if Michelle McCool's involvement in the Royal Rumble is your deciding factor as to whether or not you're going to tune into the show, uh, then you might be the Undertaker. Sean Spears also teasing that he could be in the Royal Rumble, just posting number 10, you know, saying number 10. So he could be the 10th entrant in this. Sean Spears possible back to WWE. I'd love that. Spears is a really talented guy. He's a hell of a performer. He's someone, he's one of those guys I can see going into NXT, like what they've done with Baron Corbin and just letting him work with the younger talent and really kind of show what he can do. It's a great utility player across the board. I agree. I would love to see Spears back in the WWE mix. Um, All right. Before we get to AEW, we got one last WWE story here. And it is about what a Sean Spears good friend, Cody Rhodes. He is the cover star of the standard edition of WWE 2K24. On the deluxe edition, you've got Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. There's a big emphasis on the trailer they dropped for this new one on finishing the story. You, the player, can finish the story that Cody Rhodes has not yet finished. Um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this or not. It's pretty badass. Um, They're going to do a 40 years of WrestleMania kind of career modes so like all the major stars of the wrestlemania yeah like this this is what modes are this little hand dip i'm doing if you're not watching on video right now hello podcasters um it's you you can do like steve austin hulk hogan uh the undertaker career mode all these different people that were centerpieces of previous wrestlemanias you're gonna get to relive those wrestlemania builds or However, video games work. I thought it looked pretty cool. I'm not a I'm not a video game person, but this was the most impressed I'd been by one of these rollouts in a long time. Yeah, they they sort of surprised the audience a little bit because the last few years there've been a an individualized career mode. So whether it was focused on John Cena or Rey Mysterio or whoever, people thought this was just going to be the Cody Rhodes story, and that was going to be the game. the The takeaway was that they are honoring 40 years of WrestleMania. So they are highlighting a lot of those big moments. So Brett and Austin at WrestleMania 13, Hogan Andre at WrestleMania 3, Taker and Sean at either 25 or 26, depending on which one they want to plug there. They're using the individualized arenas. You're bringing in all the big names. They're giving you a ton of different reasons. There's also a version that focuses on the Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair story. Yep. So a lot of great opportunities to if you're a fan to play out a number of different moments throughout the years, the WWE 2K games have become a machine. They are an annuity. They need a different reason for you to want to, you know, click and and get it this year. I think the trailer really delivered. And I got a lot of messages from people who were super excited uh, to see more about what this game looks like, even though there is that creepy, like, digitized Hulk Hogan looking at you into the camera. (laughs) It is nightmare fuel folks. Uh, It don't, don't watch it before bed. That's all I'm going to tell you. Well, and and that's the thing. They did a lot of like weird face stuff uh, where all the AI was uh, coming in and CGI. Um, The thing I big takeaway for me, obviously was how heavily Cody Rhodes is promoted in this thing, right? Like the whole game is built around this guy. And 
you know, when you look at the WrestleMania picture and how much buzz there is about Rock Roman, I mean, it does seem like, look, they are still decidedly building around Cody Rhodes right now. And it does make me wonder where he's going to wind up when it comes to WrestleMania this year, you know? It's tough to do this finishing the story, Cody's narrative, when we're not going to necessarily finish the story just yet. We may in times WrestleMania, I don't know, they're necessarily going to have time to plug that into the video game. I'm sure the game is already locked and done. Uh, the folks that work on it, some of whom are, are, are friends of mine, really, really talented people. The fact that you can play Stardust as a playable character, Dusty oh, Rhodes yeah. as a playable character. Uh, maybe they'll put Pharaoh in the game. Uh, which would Pharaoh be is in the game. Pharaoh's he, in the game? Get he's the hell out of here. I was a, saying that it's a smart-ass joke. I didn't really no, know. No, no. I thought you knew. No, he's like a little – he's written into the – I had to go back and look for the article. Yeah, it's, he's in Okay, there. so outside of that being ridiculously stupid, I'm really excited for the uh, – for the game. I, I don't need to wrestle as a, as a dog in the same way that the AEW game where you could like ride a horse. Cause that was the biggest problem in the fight forever game. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Cammy star saying all 2k needs to say is they are not the AEW game. Yeah. A lot of people, man, that thing came and went, they paid for that all out of pocket, man. That's crazy. No reaction. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. The uh, my my Wi-Fi glitched there for a second. Um, oh. the, the the Fight Forever game really disappointed me, just because I was an N64 No Mercy fan. They kept talking about this is going to be like the No Mercy game, and that's all I've ever wanted as a wrestling fan is another chance to play that. And it was kind of just kind of there. Yeah, and the the updates had never really kind of. Uh progressed the game along either so there's that but hey let's talk about AEW real quick uh fight forever didn't grab you man tony khan's got something that maybe will uh over on x this weekend he announced the return of the aew rankings thoughts you know i was thinking what their show could really use is an incredibly complex ranking system to make it even harder to follow what's going on a lot of the time. Uh, I want to make sure that the workhorsemen, when they're 38 and 0, earn their tag title shot. Why make the show more complicated than it is? It's not like you're firing on all cylinders. And from what I understand, your good close personal friend, CM Punk, was the person who convinced Tony Khan to get rid of the ranking system in the first place. I so, heard that. Brian Alvarez said that. Brian Alvarez said that. Yeah. Yes, that's a, that's Wrestling Observer. Um, you, you, you don't need it. Like the audience accepts if a guy is challenging another guy for a title, there's going to be a reason behind it. I don't need to have had 13 matches. It's even more challenging now because there's no dark and there's no dark elevation to pad somebody's, uh, you know, resume where they suddenly have 15 different wins before you've seen them on TV for the first time. Tony overthinks some of this stuff to a point where it, it like just put on great matches. It looks like on dynamite this week, they've lined up a lot of really strong, really fun matches. I don't think that you need the return of the ranking system and, and to, to acknowledge uh, Mike Malaro here, Robert loves math. I love me some math. Uh, really excited for what the ranking system is going to provide. Here's, here's my issue with it last week, right? Not even last week, Wednesday, Five days ago, Samoa Joe came out, started his promo saying, let's I'm going to change how the championship challenger protocol works. 
Now the way it works is you just got to come bring your resume to the championship challenging committee, which I'm guessing is Joe and maybe one. I don't know who else fun to think about. And then that's if they if they sign off, you get a title shot. Now, the AEW ranking system that Tony Khan seems to be throwing down here again really steps on the toes of what your world champion just said <laughs> the, the way the title was going to be defended five days ago. Because, Nick, Samoa Joe doesn't make the rules here. Tony Khan makes the rules, as apparently does the championship committee that we've never heard of before, which I'm assuming is Jack Tunney and Nick Bockwinkle. Has to be. Brian Danielson's usually on committees, too. He's really known for that. He could be on there. Um, yeah, I, I just I think they're going to find themselves once again letting go of this concept in probably a year and a half, two years. It's never consistent. It is more confusing. I mean, you're going to have this on top of tournaments. Cami Star saying math is stupid. It is. It's a lot of math. And I don't know about Punk. I have no idea if Punk asked him to to kill these or not. It does sound like something Punk would do. I know Punk, there was a lot of stuff they were doing early on. But this does seem, you know, is it the rubber band effect here where all the stuff that Punk came in and said, we're going to try to change this company, take it in a direction, and all this stupid indie stuff you guys are doing, we're going to move away from that. Now it's all starting to come back into the table, and we're going to see a, a return to what I guess pre CM Punk AEW looked like, at least in my head, I think that's kind of what their vision is at the moment. The problem with the ranking system in a, in a scripted format is unless Tony has now mapped out every match for the next 52 weeks, which is a very strong possibility it happened uh, overnight. But if you haven't mapped every single thing out, you better hope that your ranking system aligns with what it is you are trying to do, or else you're going to wind up horribly telegraphing, what your next story is, or totally bungling it. Either well, way, it's a weird thing. And also, where does Ring of Honor fit into this? If you're a wrestler and you wrestle in Ring of Honor, does that count for your AEW? Like, look, as a lawyer, I will I will lawyer the hell out of this thing. I will map this sucker out, and I will ask pointed, important questions. So if you're competing on Ring of Honor, does that affect your ranking system? What if they bring back house shows? Do those count for your ranking system? And... When you win, is there a quality of ranking like we used to have in college football? So a win on Dynamite is worth more than a win on Rampage. Well, These and are the do, questions we're here for. Do New Japan Strong wins count? Because now you have um, Eddie Kingston, the Triple Crown champion, where there's a New Japan title involved there. So technically, a, a defending AEW champion could is going to be going over to New Japan Strong, picking up wins over New Japan talent. Do those wins count towards his overall AEW record. And Takeshita and Jericho wrestled in DDT, and that's been referenced on AEW television. Does that count? Yeah. These are all the Adam questions. Adam Cole is playing on, his, on a you know stream, and he's playing a video game, and he loses. Does that count for the ranking system? All important, important things that AEW needs to be focusing <laughs> on here. Very excited about this. I really think it's going to improve the product, and it gives Excalibur another reason to talk very, very fast. Well, um, Daniel Garcia was speaking to Adrian Hernandez on his YouTube channel, and he confirmed that his AEW contract is going to expire this year. Didn't really give an exact date of when, but he is one of those guys that's top of my list for NXT, right? Like once I heard that WWE's whole model is going to be, we're going to try to get take the young talent that's getting over in AEW and sign them after they've got a little buzz on them. And then we're going to, you know, Yankee swap, send one of our older talents that's worth millions of dollars over to AEW, bloat his roster and potentially watch those people get injured. 
uh, I think Daniel Garcia will be involved in one of those Yankee swaps here if his contract comes up. He's too he's he's just too ripe, I think, for the NXT system. I think Daniel Garcia is absolutely someone if WWE got their hands on and could mold, they can do a lot with Garcia got that stupid dance over yes. like that thing. His character that he's like, I'm the sports entertainer, but then didn't change anything about his presentation is one of the reasons why having an NXT program and working with coaches day in and day out is helpful. It's not that what he's doing in AEW is bad or that they don't have the right personnel in place in AEW. It's you're only in front of that personnel once, maybe twice a week. And younger talent needs reps. Arn Anderson on his show was talking about his own son, Brock, and said, you know, that Brock's not in AEW. He needs to get constant reps. He needs to be wrestling all over the place to improve his skills. Not having a version of the Performance Center, which I thought with the Nightmare Factory, with QT Marshall being an executive, they were going to start leaning on that. Instead, QT is gone. Their path with the Nightmare Factory seems to be gone. These guys need a place to experiment. They need a place to, my, all of a sudden my Kevin Dunn came back. They need a place to experiment. They need a place to learn. They need a place to get those repetitions. And NXT with the Performance Center has that. And Tony and, and AEW and Ring of Honor, not only did they not have that, by getting rid of Dark and Dark Elevation, they took away a tool that a lot of these younger talents really could have benefited from. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's interesting when I think about Okada relocating to Florida, you know, he's been wrestling that New Japan style for like 20 years now. And at some point they're going to be like, hey, why don't you come down to the Performance Center? We're going to watch no, let Norman Smiley watch you, uh, you know, bump around as you get ready to come back to the ring. You know, how giving Okada notes about how to like, you know, work a little bit more like the WWE style. I just... I, what an experience that would be, you know, well, it's, but it's helpful. I mean, it worked for, for Nakamura. I mean, Nakamura yes. changes and it preserves their, their body. It preserves their longevity. And I think it's a way of being able to show how on camera, you can still look impactful without truly running the risk of hurting yourself. And the WWE audience, good, bad, or indifferent will accept a less hard hitting style than a new Japan crowd, or in some instances, an AEW crowd. Yes. All right. Uh, lastly here, we have a very short amount of time, but it is a, a correction. So on Friday's show, at the end, we did talk about Billy and the CW. Now, the NWA commentator Joe Galley came out and said the reality show is going to be on TV, not the app. Power is going to be the app. That is not true. Shortly after the show, I did an article about 15 minutes later, NWA issued a correction that the upcoming reality show will air on the app. All the deals, all the content. Going over to the app, I was ready to believe the reality show had a shot at making television here because of the wedding and all of Corgan's wedding stuff that I thought they wanted, but not hearing wonderful things about this reality show from those, I guess, that have seen parts of it. And This is what we get for even alluding to being able to talk about Billy and the CW. They suddenly lose their broadcast on TV and are relegated to the app. So just add them in abundance of caution. We're not going to talk any further today about Billy and the CW. Maybe more tomorrow as things develop. Um, yes. Now that we've opened this book of secrets. It is a runner. Um, all right, everybody. That is uh, the end of the show today. Your half hour of power has come to the end. Um, this weekend, I'm going to be in Tampa. be covering the Royal Rumble. I'm going to a Mega Ran concert on Friday night, I found out. And... Um, yeah, uh, and then I'll be at Media Row on Friday or on Saturday, no, Friday morning. Anyway, if you see me around, feel free to say hi. 
I always appreciate seeing everybody. Uh, Robert, we we didn't talk before the show. What are we doing Friday? Do we know yet or no? Oh, um, we're having a real life conversation on the air. You wanted to move this to two o'clock on Friday. Two o'clock on Friday. Okay, we will be here with the rest of the Royal Rumble preview show, biggest show of the year. A lot of big surprises that we're gonna have for that. I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know what we're gonna do, but it's gonna be amazing. Hashtag RI Pod. You want to get in on that conversation? Uh, Friday show, fun Friday, and it's Rumble Prediction Friday. It's gonna be oh. a hell of an episode. We'll do Rumble predictions. We'll do Apple reviews. We're working on a couple big guests. Um, yes. Now we have some big guests in the on the in the mix as well. So a great time to go out and wave the flag of rumored innuendo. And if you want to be a great supporter of the show, the best way to do it. Go over to your preferred podcast platform, but really Apple Podcasts is the most important one to do this. Leave your review. Leave a five-star rating. That helps us find new listeners. Uh, we really appreciate all your support. I'm at Nick underscore Hausman. You can find me over at houseofwrestling.com. On behalf of the support of Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.